NFL trainers and Pokemon enthusiasts. Introducing Go Battlecast, your weekly fix for all things Pokemon Go and Pokemon. Get the unfiltered, raw truth on the game, culture, and community. So, let the battle begin. Here are your hosts, Zach Duarte and Dominic Zingali. Welcome back to another episode of Go Battlecast Podcast, episode number six. So, today we have me and only me, Dominic Zingali, here for this episode. We do not have Zach Duarte today. Sadly enough, he had some things, some personal things he had to take care of, and without a doubt, you know, told him uh, I'll handle it this time around. So here we go. Episode number six, we're going to be talking about a couple things today. Good old Monday, October 18th. We're going to get into some news with Pokemon Go in itself because last episode, we didn't have any updates about the Halloween Cup event, more of so the events than the actual cup itself. But we got that news. I think it was that Monday of, sadly. But without a doubt, we're going to cover that information because we still have it for this week. We still have Halloween Cup until November 2nd, and we're going to get into more GBL information as far as how I've been doing this week and maybe some other tips and ideas that we can do to get through this rough patch because Great League has been kicking my ass really, really bad. And I don't know what's going on, but you know, I want to also correct a couple of mistakes too, but I think the only one big mistake that we uh, highlighted from the last episode was the fact that Darkrai was going to be the next legendary Pokemon that was going to come into the game. And it was not, it was actually Garatina altered. So from October 12th until the 22nd, we have Garatina altered. And that is the one with the four legs Usually people talk about how it's the four legs or the floating Garatina. This is the one on the legs. So sad to say that we've been getting this Pokemon quite a bit this time around. I was really hoping for the Garatina origin form. And yeah, so just uh, without a doubt, if you're still wanting to get those XL candies for this Pokemon, if you want to use Garatina Origin, because that's usually the Pokemon of choice for Master League Classic. If you do want to get one for Open League, I would definitely suggest raiding for this monster until it is away. So yep, October 22nd. Typically, it is a ghost and dragon type Pokemon. So you just want to be sure that you have those counters on just to knock out that thing really, really quick. Mega Gengar is its top pick on top of maybe Rayquaza, Palkia, Salamence, Haxorus, and Garchomp. Anything with dragon type moves that we're going to knock it out rather quickly. Charmers, Ghost, Ice types, Dark types. And if you really want to get that Hundo, because it is still something that people do use for Master League, Master League Classic. The Hundo is 1931. So I think the 98% is 1927. So I think I got one from the very first raid that someone invited me when it first came out on October 12th. I I was a little stumped when I first saw it. I'm like, oh crap, you know, <laughs> I thought we we're going to get Darkrai in, uh, in raids, but I guess not. So here we are, Garatina Alter. Just wanted to make sure we correct that before we jumped into further information with the holiday events that we have. But anyways, let's jump into the Halloween events. This was again announced on Monday, if I recall from last week. The good old spooky shenanigans has returned during Pokemon Go Halloween Mischief event. This time there'll be double the trouble and fun with two-part events, which is actually kind of interesting. So they kind of highlighted everything as far as the full part period from 
October 10th to the 31st. The first part is on the 15th to the 22nd, and then the second part is on the 22nd to the 31st. So I don't know if you guys have already seen it so far. I mean, it's been a week already with Halloween events, and we've been seeing a lot more ghost-type Pokemon in the wild, which has been something I'm really loving. We already had the Ghastly Spotlight on Tuesday, which I made sure I caught all the XLs that I can catch for our Mega Gengar if it's something that's going to be viable. And we are still seeing that in the wild too, on top of your know, mask, venonat. We've been seeing some poison type Pokemon as well too, like the Zubats, Drowsies in the wild too, which is something that if you want to get XL candies for, for a hundred percent hypno in the Ultra League, it's again an opportunity to catch it when you can, these drowsies. The one other Pokemon too that I think has been in the wild that pops up time to time is Gothita, if I'm saying that correctly as well too, another psychic type Pokemon. So this has been a pretty interesting event. The event has disclosed its bonuses as far as getting 2x transfer candy. So if you want to transfer any Pokemon, you're going to get double the transfer candies, which is always a good thing. 2x catch candies will too. And this is also including for raids. So if you want to use those pineapps, those, those, those are those perfect opportunities to get some extra candy when you're catching. And you're also going to get 2x hatch candy as well, which is also very good to have with those certain Pokemon that they've been putting in the pool, the egg pool this time around for Halloween. So you are going to get guaranteed candy XL when you're walking with your buddy, which is also a good thing. I am not sure if they made any changes to that system as far as getting those XL candies. It was in the very beginning where you wanted to be sure that your Pokemon, your buddy itself was level 31 or higher in order to get those XL candies. But hopefully for them to be stating that your guaranteed candy XL when you're walking with your buddy is something that has changed. So I'm not sure if that's been corrected or not. I'm not 100% sure, but I just want to disclose that just in case. Um, if you want to definitely get those XL candies. So also during this event too, they talked about how Lavender Town music will be playing nightly during this event. So be sure to turn up your game sound, enjoy the spooky vibes, which I haven't done yet, which I'll probably do uh, during this week. There's new costumes during this event too. Something if for those collectors, if you want to get the Halloween mischief Pikachu the Piplup and the Drift Blim itself. So I don't think I've seen the Drift Blim yet. So that could be something that is maybe in raids, if I'm not mistaken. But with all these three Pokemon with their costumes, you're definitely having a chance to get it as a shiny. I think it would be kind of cool to get that Drift Blim shiny just to flex. But as you may or may not know, you cannot evolve these Pokemon, the Pikachu and the Piplup, in keeping those costumes. So they are more or less just the collectibles if you're the ones that love to collect those shinies with the costumes. I don't mind it personally. I think it's kind of fun, a little bit different, but not everyone loves it. I think what would actually be a pretty cool thing if someone does hear about this podcast and wants to hear about this idea, I think it would be kind of cool because they do implement it for the mega forms. When you mega evolve a Pokemon, it has actually a little costume. It actually deletes the costume or doesn't have a costume itself. So I think there should be an option for these costume Pokemon if they can actually evolve to their next form, but they don't carry through the actual costume if Niantic chooses not to have that as an option. I think at least it gives us trainers an option that if we get 100% of something or maybe a very good IV that's actually a shiny itself and you just want to evolve it to the next stage that we have that opportunity, that option itself. But, you know, for now, this is what we got and we'll have to uh, 
just, I guess, deal with it for the time being. So hopefully that could be an opportunity. But anyways, jumping into the next section, we have new avatar as well too and stickers and bundles again for those collectors that want that stuff or want to make your avatar look a little bit more spooky or a little bit more of that Halloween look. We have that. We've got that Pikachu pumpkin hat. We got that pumpkin boo top. What? I don't know if I'm saying that correctly. Or the pants. We have the Hoopa headbands and then we have the Halloween face stickers. So again, that's, uh, you know, an extra little skin or something a little extra in the game. Not something that I really, really go crazy about, but it's there, you know, usually for the newly legend players when they get to that rank, they like to change and do that fashion show. So new fashion show items when you get legends, I guess that's what we'll keep it at. So, and moving on to the boxes, they actually are changing the boxes for this event. So you have the creepy crate, the 480 pokey coins, the 50 pokeballs, remote raid pass, two super incubators and four incense. So they're actually changing it up quite a bit. Um, jumping into the boo bundle, 1480 pokey coins you get 16 premium passes eight super incubators four incense and four star pieces so this is actually kind of interesting i'm not gonna lie when i was paying before with this game and buying bundles itself one of the complaints i usually had was that it was either you're going for the one bundle for all the raid passes or you're going for the other bundles for the incubators so this boo bundle I feel like is actually not something that's pretty bad considering if you want to spend 1,480 Pokecoins for, you're actually getting the raid passes and you're getting incubators. That's probably the first time since I've been playing this game that they actually had this option, which is kind of cool if you say. So jumping into the very last one, we had the pumpkin patch, 18 super incubators, two regular incubators, four incense and four star pieces. So again, this one's more for that incubator bundle i think the best one I'm, I'm just eyeing on it man it's it's the boo bundle if you really want to get your best bang for your buck i would take advantage of that if that's something that you do as a trainer if you want to buy bundles so jumping into the part one so it'll be themed around creepy companions you're going to be seeing a lot more psychic and poison type pokemon during this first part of the event like i've already mentioned we've been seeing a lot of ghastlies we've been seeing some skunk tanks actually in gothita you know there's a lot more focus around those psychic and poison types like the zubats i'm talking about and the other bat pokemon i don't remember its name on top of my mind just thinking about it. the Woobat. That's that's what it was, Woobat. So they've been doing this specifically because of their first debut of Galarian Slowking. So in order to get Slowking evolved, you're going to have to have your Galarian Slowpoke as your buddy and you want to be sure to catch 30 Psychic Pokemon. So if you want to evolve your Slowbro, the Galarian Slowbro, you want to catch 30 Poison-type Pokemon. So during this first week of the event, or the first part of the event, I'm sorry, you do want to catch those psychic and poison types depending on what you want to evolve. Galarian Slowbro for the poison types, Galarian Slow King for the psychic types, 30. And you don't have to worry about putting the berries, as far as I recall, onto your buddy so it's like live and active right beside you as you're actually catching. I think those catches still count as you have it actually selected, so... And also during this event as well too, we have the debut of Shiny Spinarak, which is actually pretty cool. Haven't caught one yet. Been searching long and hard for it. They are in the wild. I think they're also in the seven egg pool now with the Halloween event. And uh, yeah, it's purple. So 
you can definitely tell when you get that shiny because the original one is green. I don't know how it is when it's evolved. So I'm looking forward to it once I get my shiny. Hopefully you guys get your shiny as well too. And uh, during this first week event as well, we're going to be jumping into the continuation of the Season of Mischiefs uh, special research. So the research is unlocked and I know that you're going to have to go through one series of this research, another step before Professor Willow has to go back and do more of his research. I'm not too sure if I'm really loving this kind of pause and go with this whole mischief event or the research itself. But but like I mentioned, you know, it's just part of the, the events. They're really prolonging this whole research is something that's rather new as far as I know since the since I've been playing this game in 2020 in January, that they haven't done this prolonged kind of style of a research where they have you unlock certain things during certain times and then they pause it and then they wait until the next part of the event comes through and then they release more content for you to catch or do whatever you have to do just to get it going. So, but yeah, that's just how it is. And like I mentioned, Galarian Slow King is its debut. We actually get the move sets and everything revealed from him. Just going to pull it up to be sure that I have it correct as I'm saying it on this podcast today on this episode. Don't have no one to correct but myself. So the fast moves for this Pokemon specifically, the Galarian form, mind you, has Acid as its fast move, Confusion or Hex, which is okay considering this is kind of like the norm of what Slow King, Slow Bro family usually gets in its charge moves, which only has three charge moves in this case is Future Sight, Shadow Ball, and Sludge Wave. So I think the move, depending on how you're going to work it in the team, seems like Confusion or Hex is going to be its two bread and butter. Confusion is going to hit a little bit harder. It's going to give you maybe the same amount of energy as it would with Hex, but Hex is only more of an energy generating move than it is as a fast damaging move itself so and i think for the charge moves itself i don't think people are going to really go for a future site that's going to probably be the spice pick for moves more than anything but i think shadow ball and sludge wave are going to be the two moves that it's going to typically have so just keep that in mind for galarian slow king so i want to jump into the stats of this pokemon itself galarian slow king attack stat is around 190 Defense stat is 180 and its stamina is 216. So it's kind of in the range of starter type Pokemon. Typically Pokemon that are in the 200 range are pretty decent for what it is. Having its defense of 180 and its stamina 216, it has a little bit of bulk, but not too, too much in comparison to other Pokemon that are rather bulky. But still the attack stat being 190, it's still up par as far as being, you know, a decently attack weighted Pokemon. So it's pretty average along its actual base stats. So looking at it here, 100%, it maxes out to 3072. So I do not see this as a Master League potential Pokemon to use. I think it's definitely going to be undercharged considering other legendary Pokemon that are a staple of this league itself. So I think it could have some potential or at least some spice for Ultra League. It can definitely max up to 2,500 depending on the stats that you actually have. But without a doubt, again, this Pokemon is just kind of like a meh, you know, could be some fun to use. I think though Technical had a video released having both of the slow poke no the, the galarian slow bro and the slow king in the back and i don't remember what he had in the lead 
but it just wasn't giving him much success. But both Pokemon in the back, the Galarians, the Slowbros in the back, that's going to be very tough to use. You know, both of them charge up, not rather quickly. They both have pretty much nuke moves, so I don't think it's really something that's viable as pairing both Galarians, Slowbro and Slow King. So yeah, but depending on how you use this in either Great League or Ultra League, it may get a chance to get the trainer's shields, if anything, or at least get it some decent damage on the Pokemon if they don't shields. But but based so far, my experience with Great League this past week, I don't think this is going to be a viable pick if it's something you're going to do to push Legends. So there you go. I mean, Galarian Slowking, it looks cool personally. I wish they released a shiny, so you just had the shiny for it, but... Another Pokemon in Pokemon Go just to collect, to have it in the Pokedex. And yeah, I think that's just where it's going to be for now unless it has a new charge move as a bait move for this Pokemon just to give it a little bit more potential. So kind of has that same issue before when Groudon didn't have any baiting moves with Fire Punch. It only had nuke moves and it wasn't a Pokemon that was rather good in Master League itself. And once it had that bait move, game changer top you know five pokemon that it could be used in the game for master league and it was something that's just a game changer at the end of the day so i wish they had that for the galarian slow poke and the slow king and the slow bro as well too so yeah i mean i would love to use this i would love to see if it had like razor shell or some other fast move maybe like weather ball or size shock something that's just a little bit quicker to its move generation and uh, getting to those moves rather quickly just to have a little bit more play so there you go for galarian slow king i don't want to take too too much time on that pokemon so there you go the event actually lists the pokemon that are going to be in the wild i highlighted most of these already pikachu with its costume zubat drowsy Ghastly, Spinarak, Mistrevious, Shuppet, Puplip, Stunky, Woobat, Gothita, and Yamask. So Yamask is definitely a Pokemon that you want to try to catch for the Great League. It is a good Pokemon to have. And definitely, I think, for Ultra League as well, too. But it's going to be a little bit trickier to get those XLs for that Pokemon. Because ranked 1, Cofagrigus, that's the evolution for from Yamask, is a... 10, 15, 15, if I'm not mistaken, and you do need 296 XL to fully max it out to 2,500. I think it's 2,498 if that's the right number, but it's it's definitely the 10, 15, 15 as it's uh, maximum product stat of this Pokemon. So unless you get it from raids, which is something you do see in the one-star raids, you can definitely get that stat, or you can try to trade to get that lucky trade for that Pokemon where you can get that potential of that 10, 15, 15. So without a doubt, I know that can be a very fun Pokemon to use for both leagues, Ultra and Great League. I personally haven't powered one up yet. I think as of Sunday when I was catching during lunch, I found one that had a pretty decent IV for Great League. So I'm having that potential to maybe use it for Great League just to see if I can use it to climb or to to build a team around it because it does have potential with its movesets. But anyways, going back into raids, we have Galarian Slowpoke. So if you don't have a good one, you can raid for one if you want to. We have Murkrow, Scraggy, Yamask, and Esper. For the three-star raids, we have Alolan Raichu back again, Sableye, Banette, and the Halloween Mischief, Driplim. So actually, it is in the three-star raids. Okay. 
So that's where you can get the shiny. It's going to be through the raids because I haven't seen it in the wild or anywhere else so far. And then again, like I clarified, five-star raids, we're going to have the Alter Form Garatina. And then the Mega Raids, we're going to have Mega Gengar again. So jumping into the eggs for this event, the pool of eggs for seven kilometers has changed for this event. You are going to see Spinarak, Mischievous, Shuppet, and Chingling in Litwick as its one-tier egg. The second tier egg, you're going to see the Galarian Mask, which is actually pretty good, and Golet. So Golet is a good pick for Great League if you don't have one, but you have to keep in mind that you may want to find a trainer that is a level 20 or up to 25, so its CP is low enough to trade because if you are above level 30, the CP is going to be too high for you to evolve one into a Golurk, if I'm saying that properly, to a 1500 or lower CP. So there you go. That's a good, that's, that's not a, that's a pretty okay pool. I don't think really mischievous or chingling is really necessary. I don't think chingling can, it can be a shiny if I recall as well too. I'm not seeing the symbol. So I guess the answer is no for that, but oh well. Anyways, uh, research tasks encounters seems like most of the Pokemon as well too, that I've already mentioned with the Pikachu, Zubat, Drowsy, Spinarak, Piplup, Woobat, and Gothada are going to make its returns. And then also the Driplim is... Oh, so it is... Oh, no. It's talking about if you're lucky, you may encounter the following, which is the Driplim and the Galarian Mask. So, well, there you go. That's going to be for the first part of the event. As far as the second part of the event, which is October 22nd until the 31st, this part of the event, we'll see the ghoulish pals. It's kind of funny how they're saying it, ghoulish pals. Ghost types will be appearing more often everywhere as we get closer and closer to the Halloween. The spectacular Spectra, Pumpkaboo, and Phantump will make its Pokemon Go debut alongside with its evolutions, Gorgast and Trevalent, if I'm saying that correctly. Wow. I don't know actually these Pokemon because I haven't really jumped from, you know, Pokemon Yellow up to Sun and Moon. There's there's a huge gap a little bit there for me. So I've seen these. I think they're in the arts that you see as you get into the Pokemon Go app, but not the evolution forms. And let's see what else here. So we're also getting to the word that you'll be able to encounter the various sizes of Pumpkaboo, just like you can in the Kalos region. The Gorgast evolved from Pokeboo, Pumpkin Pumpkaboo will also vary in size. During this event, intrepid trainers can complete a collection challenge that encourages them to seek these ghost type Pokemon. Very, very interesting. So I'll have to see what are those stats for those Pokemon and see if they're gonna be any viability for PvP. I'm going to assume that once this part of the event, the second part uh, continues, that the season of mischief research will unlock again for another turn or two for its research. Again, for the debuts, we already mentioned who's going to be in it. I guess the different sizes for each of those Pokemon are small, average, large, and super size. Very curious how this is going to evolve, if anything, for stats. And then I guess the encounters during that event... Still be Pikachu, still be Ghastly, Murkrow, Mischievous, Shuppet, and Puppet. Purloin is going to be in there, if I'm saying that correctly. Phantump, the new debut. The small size and the average size, Pumpkaboo, is going to be there as well, too. If you're lucky, you may also encounter Hunter, Yamask, 
Litwick, the large size Pumpkaboo, and the super size one as well too. I don't think those debuts are going to have a shiny form, only a mask on top of the Shuppet, Piplup, Murkrow, Mischievous, Ghastly, and Pikachu. Interesting. Jumping into the raids, we're going to have a little bit of a rearrange in the one-star pool, which is going to be Murkrow, Yamask, Galarian Yamask, Phantom, and Average Size Pumpkaboo. I wonder if the 100% is going to do anything good for the leagues itself. But getting into three-star raids, we have good old Lola and Marowak, a staple for the Great League, Banette, the Halloween Mischief, Driftblim, and Lampent which I really wish they had a community day for this Pokemon. Darkrai then, in the second part, will be released in the five-star raids. And then the Mega Absol will also be its first debut during the second part of the event as well too. So October 22nd to the 31st, pay attention to those new Pokemon. Be sure to catch them. So I'm looking out of here for the egg pools during the second part. For the most part, things are rather same, but we're going to have Phantump in the pool for the first tier of the seven, seven kilometer eggs. And during the research task events, it looks like Duskull will be popping in for some of the research and everything else seems to be about the same. So yeah, there we go, guys. That's pretty much covering the whole events for the Halloween parts for part one and part two. Like I said so far, if you're really into PvP, you know, being sure to get those Zubats, the Drowsies, the Spinneracks, the Woobats. Eh, the Woobats is kind of a so-so. Get the Shiny if you could. Looks kind of cool. The Galarian Mask. I don't think I've ever seen it in the wild or research tasks besides the one time that we had it maybe sometime last year or two years ago. So make sure you actually catch those as much as you can during your research and your encounters. So... Jumping into the other part of the news, which was released on October 13th, they're talking about testing improvements to the Pokemon Go experience. I haven't read this actually. This went over top of my head when I was uh, working this past week, but quickly browsing through here, we're going to see a sneak peek of some new features that we'll be testing over the next few months. So nickname suggestions for new trainers. Interesting. I don't think it's going to really make or break anything different for the game, but hey, nice little feature is going to be added into the game. An expanded set of trainer tips. I think this is also a good thing because considering when I first started with Pokemon Go, there wasn't as much training personally for me to get familiar with the game or having some sort of set of directions or where to, how to, besides what I've seen through YouTube. So hopefully they do expand some tips to make it a little bit more familiar or understanding towards the game, maybe through catching, raiding, trading, PvP, and anything else that I haven't mentioned. Egg hatch updates, including option to skip the hatch animation. That is huge. That is, yes. Like, keep it. Keep it, please. Because the hatch animation, annoying. They made it slower, I think, from the last update or two. But man, Super annoying. You would always have to close out on the app and sign back in so you can skip those animations. So you have an option to skip it this time around. Please, Niantic, keep it. We'll love it. We'll all love this. It, well, yes, please, 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 please. And then I guess lastly, the special research story that introduces new trainers to the world of Pokemon Go. Uh, that's cool. Sure. That would be a nice addition as well too. Can't complain. So thank you for continuing to help us to improve Pokemon Go. We'll look forward to seeing the results of our experiments and hope to roll out final versions of these features for all players once testing has concluded. And we'll confirm the update 
worked as envisioned. Interesting. Okay. So I don't know if this is actually the the blog that we're supposed to be expecting from the task force, but at least these improvements are something that they've, you know, introduced for October this first time around. So hopefully this is what we've been looking for. So some improvements there that I'm not complaining about. Hopefully they still resolve a lot of the PVP issues still. I'm still going to be saying about that, that PVP stuff, the lag, you know, anything else, the move denials, all that fun stuff, because we have that good old competition, that championship that we're going to have next year, August, 2022. So yeah. Okay. Not too bad. Moving on, moving on. The next thing I want to jump into is Twitch Rivals, what we talked about from last episode. Good old Twitch Rivals. I think this is the first event related to Twitch with, you know, how everything's been situated with COVID and all. But nice to see that there's actually a new event that just recently happened on October 14th. I think that was on a Wednesday. I got a chance to personally see it for a couple minutes while I was uh, off on my break during uh, that day. And it was kind of interesting, you know, we didn't, I don't think we've seen anything as far as trainers actually catching for that first hour, but as far as me knowing and continuing watching offline content after the event was over, it seems like based on Pokey AK's video that these trainers actually had resources because Zach and I were rather confused that, you know, you're going to be only having an hour and if you're going to have maybe a new account or not to actually do something like this to power up your Pokemon but it seems like trainers actually had the resources that they needed in order to power up Pokemon. So it didn't make it too, too difficult in the sense of needing to power up, but being able to catch Pokemon for that first hour was made it maybe a little bit less stressful. Let's just put it that way. So without a doubt, I think people, I think people had more than enough time to actually power up Pokemon after the fact. I think the resources, and I may be wrong, I'm not 100% sure on this, but I think people had almost 2 million Stardust to power up Pokemon. I think they had 600 regular candies. They had two elite fast and charge TMs to use on top of other charge and fast GMs, regular ones that they can actually use. So it seemed like the resources were there. It wasn't much of an issue. I think the only issue that you could have had it maybe as a trainer when you're catching is not having XO candies to power up your Pokemon. So I think a lot of the trainers there were trying to use Mawile and that is one specific Pokemon, for example, they could probably get up to, I don't know, 13, 1400 CP and the rest you have to get through XL candies. But without a doubt, you know, it's just fun to see this event. Good to see some new and familiar faces that were into this event too. But I think some of the hiccups that we also had, which is, you know, the good old tried and true lag and delayed uh, synced moves as well too. And I think also commentators where they were actually not too familiar with the Pokemon Go game in itself. So it would have been kind of nice to actually have familiar faces for that kind of commentary itself like we have for the Sulfurina matchup and events that we usually have. So, but yeah, overall, I think it was a pretty good direction. I think again, for something like this kind of event, it would be best to have it played in person like the championship rounds next year. But you know, you could do, I mean, this, it is, it is what it is as far as trying to host an event where trainers are all over the world trying to catch and play during their time zones. But without a doubt, like I said, I think this was a cool event. It's nice to see something new, something fresh, at least something a little bit different, at least where GBL is having a little bit more focus this time around instead of catching and raiding and shiny collections and fashion shows in that sense. So there we go. 
good old Twitch rivals. Hopefully we can see this maybe on a quarterly, I don't know, timeline. I don't know. It would be, it would be kind of cool to see this more often. Maybe introduce new Twitch streamers so they can have a little bit more exposure as well too. I think it would be a nice balance to have familiar faces up against like the newcomers and see how they can compete with the the good tried and true players that we know and recognize as so. But anyways, speaking of PVP and good old GBL, let's get into that conversation. I think we have about maybe 10, 15 minutes more left of this podcast. I don't want to drag it out too much. I want to get into Great League and Halloween Cup and talk about my experience, talk about some team lineups, some team comps that I've come up against during specifically Great League and maybe some other tips that I can throw before we can end this podcast. So so it's been already one week since we got good old Great League coming back after Master League Classic and Open Master League. And like I said during the beginning of this episode, it's been frustrating to say the least. And I've been getting clapped, clapped so, so hard in Great League itself. I kind of ventured into Halloween Cup just a little bit from my backup account because I was really trying to focus on trying to climb. I think currently when I was starting off in Great League, when we did the switch, I think it was a Tuesday. I took a break on Monday because of work. I was trying to use that good old team that I talked about from last episode with good old Swampert as the lead and Talonflame and Alolan Marowak with Hex, Fire Blast, and Shadow Bone in the back. And I got to say, I was tanking really, really bad. Man, it was terrible. I got to say, like, I felt like I was a scrub. I mean, just the way how things were just lining up. I was making stupid mistakes without a doubt, and I was not playing my best. So I think when I was starting off in Great League, I was right close there to Legend. 2860, I believe, was like my starting ELO when I started with Great League. And I think those first day or two, I, I went down to... 2700 elo and then the next couple days later i went down even further to like 2550 ish 2600 elo it was just very interesting you know any team that i was trying to come up against and i was trying to use just wasn't working out very very well it was that opportunity it was that very moment when that first night when i was trying to use that team i just knew then and there that this team just had to be expired i just had to retire from this team and and move on to another team knowing like okay i tried this team for seven sets and it just was not working at all granted you know most trainers or people would mention as an advice to stick to one team so you can learn it so you can learn the ins and outs of it and to progress and become better with the team but in this kind of a situation, I just knew it was not working however I played it. You know, depending on seeing the same team comps from other trainers, familiar teams, I tried using it different ways, trying to shield one situation, shield twice in a certain situation or not at all, and nothing just worked. When you know a team is not working, it's just best to let it go and try something else. As I mentioned before, it's always good to record your team comps that you are always faced against, especially when you kind of play out with like two two sets. And that gives you a good generalization of maybe what you may be up against during the day, the remaining three sets. So like I said, as a perfect example, on Sunday when I was playing, you know, things weren't working out with though Technicals team where it was giving me some play a couple of days before, but it wasn't really working out that first set. And, you know, personally for me, I was getting really frustrated because I've been tanking quite a bit and I just immediately switched into another team. But I was utilizing 
the information that I had from other trainers in our local group where they were sharing some team comps around the same ELO. I know a couple of trainers were around the 2,600 to the 20, like close to 2,800, give or take. But seeing the information that they provided, which is always appreciated and thankful, and on top of what I had previously, that's how I kind of came up with the Shadow Machamp and the Hypno and Ferrothorn. I always thought maybe Ferrothorn was a better pick to use right off the bat, but kind of ignored my gut instincts when I was using the Ferrothorn team, or I'm sorry, when I was using the Talonflame team with Swampert. And the same thing too, you know, Swampert is such a great Pokemon for Great League, but it just was not working, even though there was a lot of ground types and other Pokemon that were needing shields for, for fast charge move shield pressure. So yeah, without a doubt, like I said, when you know the team is no longer working, it's always best to review information that you have and try to come up with a new team, maybe something that's a little bit more of a spice or a little bit different. Um, not always recommending to say, hey, go with a certain meta team that you see as well too, but you know, it's always good to come up with a team comp, for example, with the Shadow Machamp, with Ferrothorn and Shadow Hypno. I was flipping around with my moves a little bit to make it a little bit more unison or more consistent with the way that I was using the team. So for example, when I was using Ferrothorn as a switch, when I had Thunder and Power Whip as its two moves, I was pretty much covered for most of the Pokemon that were coming as, as the switch. I was seeing a lot of the Sableyes, the Mandibuzz, the Pelipers, the Azumarils. Most of that stuff was giving me that coverage. Granted, if there was a Pokemon that didn't work out, like maybe like a Vigoroth or something, still Power Whip was giving enough chip damage or at least enough of a situation where I at least get one shield. But at least, you know, Machamp would have a little bit of play as far as farming down goes, or even a situation where I wouldn't put any shields with Ferrothorn and saving that shield for Machamp when I pulled it in with that Vigoroth, knowing that it would have extra moves, body slam moves, the body spam Pokemon. But yeah, I mean, it was it was just those situations where I was kind of playing out what would work during that day when I was faced up against certain trainers and certain team comps. I was seeing like four common teams, granted a few, you know, spicy ones or, or unique ones, but I was seeing four of those specific teams being played three, four, five times. And I just made a team that worked around that for that day. And I managed to climb about 90 points, which helped me a lot. Like I said, I didn't want to climb down too, too much down to vet, but I want to still kind of keep that ELO or at least that consistency around 2,700 and, and upwards. But yeah, like I said, going back to the advice, if something is not working for a day or two, definitely switch your team and really pay attention to what people are using and use the resources that you have around you. Even use resources on YouTube as well too, because certain trainers will post stuff, content creators will post stuff that may affect the meta for that next day or two. So, and also special teams that were created from seasons ago because those teams are also reappearing here nor there. And those are those like, those are those like unique teams that were one that were teams that got other trainers in the past seasons to legends. And then, you know, the perfect example that I saw from Sunday was the Zoomerel double ghost. And I think that was either a Thou or a, a Zionic team, if I'm not mistaken. So yeah, it's it's good to recognize team comps and good to recognize, you know, what you see as the lead is maybe possibility for those other Pokemon that may be in the back. So for example, if you see like a G Fisk as the lead, a Galarian Stung Fisk, 
best believe there's going to be a Venusaur in the back because that's typical core Pokemon that's always paired. And you may see like a Pelipper, a Sableye, or a Skarmory, depending on how things work out, or even a Bastiodon. Like those are those four Pokemon. Typically it's Bastiodon, typically it's Sableye, but that was a FP stick line that he got to Legend a couple seasons ago, if I'm not mistaken. And that was G-Fisk, Venusaur, or Pelipper. And sometimes trainers will flip that around because I've used a similar team from prior seasons before, which were Venusaur as the lead with G-Fisk and then Alolan Marowak in the back. And that helped me quite a bit for the climbs as well, too, because Lola Marowak had a little bit more resistance depending on what Pokemon we're up against. Gr granted, you know, I didn't have a good time against the Pelpers or the Sableyes as a safe swap, but I had other resistance and had their plus situations with Alola Marowak. So it's good to, like I said, study the team comps, to study what you have as well, too, and to come up with a team that may work for that day or those couple days, because sometimes the meta doesn't really change too, too much, but always be on your toes and always try to be a little bit creative and ahead of the the trend, the algorithm or the meta. So, you know, that that's pretty much where I'm at with Great League itself. I think as of Sunday, I managed to hit right at 2,700. So, yep, I still lost about 160 points this past week. I feel like I'm hanging on by a thread, but I'm still trying to be persistent and trying to be a little bit smart as far as what team can work during the time that I'm doing my sets. And hopefully, you know, this team that I've used on Sunday does, you know, power through a little bit more because the meta is shifting a little bit. You know, in the beginning, those first couple days of Great League, we did see a lot of like the bulky meta. And now it's been kind of being mixed around a little bit with some of the the lighter bulk mods like the Obama Snow and the Empoleons and less of the Flyers and less of the ghost types besides Sableye. Even um, surprisingly, we haven't seen much of the the fairy types as well too. I think I've only seen a couple of the of the Gramble actually and Alolan Ninetales. So hopefully this team gives me a little bit more of a push, you know, for this other week around with Great League. I may dive into Halloween Cup, who knows, because we still have Halloween Cup until November 2nd. But I did end up using my alt accounts just for shits and giggles to play in Halloween Cup just to see how things are working and just to see maybe what some viable Pokemon and, and teams that you can come up against. So Halloween Cup, you know, you have your specific meta, your typings that you could use, which again, just as a reminder, is Poison, Bug, Ghost, Dark, and Fairy types under 1500 CP or up up to 1500 CP. You know, some of the Pokemon that I did see when I did play about, I think I did about 10 sets on the, on the alt account. I did play about two two days and I seen quite a bit of B drills, for example, and Crustal. Sometimes I seen the Venusaur. I personally use Venusaur a couple times because that's just a pretty easy starter Pokemon to use. Golbat was still a very viable Pokemon, a big threat as the lead or uh, as the safe switch. Sometimes as the close, I seen an Obstagoon or a Mighty Yana as well too. And surprisingly enough, I didn't see too many fairies. Wigglytuff maybe was there here nor there, but there wasn't too many. Surprisingly, uh, I did use it myself just to play for fun, but Galvantula seemed to have a little bit of a play. It was still pretty bad against the Crustles because I did use it as a lead. I didn't see too many of the Escavaliers, which still could be a very viable pick for Halloween Cup. Sometimes you may see the Venomoths. The Lone Marowax... Eh, a couple of times here and there, not too much. The Frostlass was pretty popular, and the Jellicent I've seen quite a bit as well too. 
and the um what was what was another pokemon that i've seen quite a bit there was one i'm trying to remember toxicroak was was kind of common as well too and then the good old azumarill as well too i forgot about azumarill once in a while i've seen a tentacruel seemed to be more of a close but so worked out pretty well considering the team that i was playing around with I was surely having fun with uh, Shift Tree sometimes as the lead or Galvantula uh, as that fast move and getting the debuffs right from the get-go. And sometimes as the closer, I would use, or even as a safe swap, depending on how things were, I was using um, Quillfish. Quillfish with Aqua Tail and Sludge Wave. I think that was a pretty fun pick to use. I think we did some heavy damage against some Umbreon's towards the end there where we were throwing out some sludge waves where it was less than like 50% health and knocked it out still in, in one hit, which was amazing. It was kind of interesting because there was a lot of poison types. No, I'm sorry. A lot of ground type Pokemon's as a switch like Needle Queen where Quailfish just jumps right in and can get to that Aqua Tail like really, really quick and still had some pressure with its fast moves and well, or if it's fast charge moves there with, with Aqua Tail. Yeah, you know, Mandibuzz and, and Umbreon, like I mentioned, or, or other Pokemon that seem to be very popular being, you know, the, the staple ghost types, the bulky bulk type Pokemon. But yeah, it was crazy without a doubt. I, I had fun for what it was. I think that seen some trainers use Shadow Caesar seemed to be a very viable pick against the darks and sometimes the fairies, depending on how you use it. And uh, yeah, I think Sylveon could still have a lot of play. And hopefully, you know, in part two, Trevolant and Gorgast can have a lot of play being ghost and grass type Pokemon. So that's going to be coming up, I think, this week. Yep, on the 22nd. So hopefully that works quite a bit. And uh, we'll see how that goes. Funny enough, because I'm, I'm rolling down the list here through PV Poke and some other resources. One of our buddies in our group chat was using Shadow Sharpedo or even Sharpedo. And he was saying how that thing was knocking out Pokemon rather quickly with Waterfall as its move. It's his fast move. And if you have the XL Candy, sometimes I did see a couple Alolan Grimers. Those are always a pain in the ass without a doubt. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, it's 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 been pretty fun. And I think I've seen quite a bit of videos as well too showcasing Ponyard as a Pokemon. And it seemed to be a little underwhelming because it is a baby Pokemon. It's not, you know, the final stage that you're going to be using. Seemed to be sometimes you had to utilize a shield maybe too for this Pokemon because it didn't have the the good old defense and stamina to hold up against the common staples of Halloween Cup Pokemon or just Great Leap Pokemon in general. But without a doubt, you know, seems like Halloween Cup is is going to be a good cup. I still think it's kind of balanced for what it is. Could be rock, paper, scissors, but I think overall it's a pretty good viable cup. Definitely a cup you do want to pay attention to as far as the meta and how it's rolling. But I think to sum up some maybe possible teams, other teams that could be expanded through Halloween Cup, besides what we talked about from our previous episode would possibly be Alolan Marowak with Needle Queen and Umbreon in the back, considering what I've seen. I think sometimes having Crustle and Quailfish would be a pretty good pair, depending on what you also see in the meta. I think Crustle has a lot of play with that Smackdown as its fast move against the Flyers and some of the bug types. And then, uh, I don't know, I think Alolan Ninetales and Sableye could be a pretty good core as well too, depending on what you would want to put as the lead. Maybe having like Jellicent as the lead would maybe. A pretty interesting pick. You can um, still counter those ghost types um, 
with Alolan Ninetales if it has any issues and sometimes Sableye depending on what bond comes in. So I think uh, what would what be another good team? It's kind of funny because one of our local battlers as well too was talking about Fortress. We kind of did a little bit of a deal where if he ends up powering up his Shadow Fortress that I would have to power up my Shadow Fortress as well too. And he actually did do it and I ended up doing that as well too. Almost 200,000 Stardust just to power up that thing to 1500 with the second move. So maybe I would like to use that this week. So to get it to put into some good use and I'm um, just looking up some other teams here. I think maybe that Jellicent, Alolan Grimer, Fortress would be that good pairing there. Granted, Alolan Grimer is an XL Pokemon. You do have to power up with 296 XL candies. But yeah, I think those would be some other teams to use. And I think this wraps up with our episode. Just as a future reminder that our Go Battle League day is coming up, I think November 1st, if I'm not mistaken. I think during that time, we have Ultra League playing and still Halloween Cup as well too, which is kind of a shocker considering that we have two different leagues playing at the same time. I think maybe it might be the first time, if I'm not mistaken, during a Go Battle League day or night where we had Ultra League as its main league and then having Halloween Cup because, again, Halloween Cup ends on November 2nd. So gives a little bit of play, give a little bit more of a push and reason to climb because I know Ultra League can be a pain in the ass depending on what you may have as Pokemon or even XL Pokemon because, as you know, Ultra League is just huge on XL Pokemon and I feel like if you're going to climb in Ultra League, you do need that one, possibly two XLs to keep your gameplay kind of consistent. Granted, there's a lot of trainers that have pushed it to Legend, not using any XLs, but I think it's still highly recommended to have one or two XLs on your team to play if you're going to play in Ultra League. So there you go, guys. Wrapping up episode six. Sorry that you're going to have Zach this time around. Hopefully, you'll have him next week on episode number seven. But without a doubt, trainers, thank you for listening. Thank you for tuning in and getting the update on the news for Halloween events, the Halloween Cup, based on Twitch Rivals and our good old GBL sets, our little bit of experience that we had. So without a doubt, guys, tune into episode seven next week, and I'll see you guys later. Take care. Thanks for catching an episode of Go Battlecast. To catch them all, be sure to subscribe on your favorite podcasting platform so you never miss an episode. For more information, check out Go Battlecast on Twitter to connect with Zach and Dom. We'll see you next time.